0: Sunday sermons from Trinity UMC in Lincoln, a podcast to help on the faith journey. Now onto this week's message from Pastor Jeff Slater. I have learned a lot over the years from builders. You know, it's kind of my personality. I like learning from whoever I happen to be near, and I've been around builders enough to know that they're a source of wisdom. I remember once uh, there was uh, work being done in the attic above my office, and I was having a conversation with the uh, contractor who was up there uh, in the ceiling, and at one point he quoted, quoted Archimedes. Give me a lever long enough and I shall move the world. He asked me to look it up so I could verify if it was Archimedes because he couldn't remember. So, you know, thanks to Google. Uh, thanks to Google. (laughs) Then there was an HVAC HVAC repair guy who had traveled to India to train in yoga and transcendental meditation. And he shared my love of spirituality and electronic music, of all things. Uh, And I think we learned a lot from each, uh, each other. But more than that, I found that those who build just have a simple, practical get-it-done kind of outlook. And that's something that I personally lack. I would much rather theorize about grand things than actually get things done. And that's, uh, I think that's the best thing I've learned from some of the, the builders, is that practical on-the-ground thing. Well, once, I was involved in kind of a minor project. It was at a church. We were redoing the choir loft. And we were going to use a local contractor, and the trustees had to choose a contractor, right? And the building superintendent recommended against one of them for a reason that has stuck with me ever since. So this contractor had uh, redone one of the bathrooms in the church to make it handicapped accessible and everybody thought it looked really good. But the building superintendent said, you know, the one who does the cleaning, said that if you actually look closely, like if you bend down on the ground, you notice that the wood trim is just a little bit off you notice that the screws and the nails, they all go in at just a slightly wonky angle and they're not quite flush. And the paint is a little bit raggedy on the edge and maybe doesn't quite reach the edge. It looks great when you walk in, but when you get on your hands and knees, you see a different picture. She said it made her nervous because if they were sloppy with the little things, what kind of care did they take with the big things? Now, did you catch the wisdom she just dropped? (laughs) If they were sloppy with the little things, what kind of care do they take with the big things? (laughs) Since then, I read an honest to goodness wisdom quote. I don't know who said it. I think it's just a, a general proverb that says it this way. The way you do one thing is the way you do all things. Now, I want us to hold that in our mind a little bit as we go through our scripture today because I think it has something to add. You know, right now we're reading the Gospel of Matthew from Christmas to Easter. Uh, There aren't enough Sundays to read through every single uh, verse of Matthew, but more or less we're following Jesus' journey to the cross and we're nearing Holy Week. Next week is Palm Sunday. Can you believe that? Uh, And then Easter will be the week after that. And uh, so we're we're nearing the point where the story begins to heat up, begins to get uh, into to what we call the passion story and for good reason. But today we're still in the land of parables and Jesus' teaching in Jerusalem before that time comes. And today's scripture is a well-known one, so well-known as a matter of fact, especially amongst uh, 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 people who've been in the church for a long time, that, that we oftentimes don't look closely enough at it, uh, don't think quite deeply enough at least at least I know I'm guilty of that I don't want to project that on you maybe you do and I think it's especially appropriate as we uh, go into this journey this justice in action you know this thing we're going to do on uh, May the 4th and and that we have committees uh, working to make proposals and all of that I think it's an especially good time to sit with this scripture so Mitch did such a good job reading it but you know me it always takes more than once for it to take root so listen to it again Jesus is uh, giving this, uh, this, uh, um, uh, well, I don't think it's technically literally a parable, but you get the idea. It it is still uh, something of of a metaphor. It's part of a larger thing that's going on in this chapter that's worth studying another time, but we'll pick it up here. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who will receive good things from my father, inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. I was hungry and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. This is the king saying this, right? I was naked and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then those who are righteous, you know, the ones he just said this to, will reply to him, Lord when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and give you clothes to wear when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you then the king will reply to them I assure you that when you have done it for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you have done it for me now this is a great scripture, and as with most, it can be read and interpreted in so many different ways, most of them very valid and accurate. The usual one is to remember that when we help someone, we help Jesus. You know, there's, there's something literal about that. The, uh, the, 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 uh, the, 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 the churchy theology word for it would be incarnational, that there, Jesus is present in the people we help. Um, And so when we do feed somebody who's hungry, we help Jesus himself. Uh, and remembering that is such a powerful thing. You know, those of you who are in growth groups, I put one of the, the questions in there and a link on the site. Any of you can find it on our website, uh, the growth group questions. There was a statue that was done a while back of uh, a homeless man on a park bench. And when you look closer at the homeless man on the park bench, you realize it's Jesus all the way down to the stigmata, the, uh, the uh, uh, nail uh, marks in his feet and in his hands. And it's such a powerful statue because it reminds us that when we take care of the homeless, we take care of Jesus himself. And if you want a bonus riff on that, think of it this way. Have you ever been sick? I think all of us have at one time or another. Have you ever been down and out? If you have, and when people helped you, Jesus was very much present in you in those moments. And if that isn't mind blowing to think about, I don't know what is. But let me tell you where I think some people go wrong with this scripture. You know, a lot of people read this and hear that phrase, the least of these, or even charity's name, the least of these. And they think of the poor as suffering as the, the least, the least of society right? And that's not an invalid way to read it. You know, that's, uh, that, that is the way a lot of us think, and, and especially when we're early on in the, in the journey, before we actually meet and learn to have respect for those who are suffering. Uh, the least of these, that is what it means. But some people hear the phrase, the least of these, and hear it as the, the worst of these, the ones that are worse off, the ones who are at the very bottom of society. And, and I don't think that's the only way to read this. In fact, I think there might even be a, a, a more... More faithful way to read it. Uh, another way to read it is that it means to take care of all the marginalized, not just the most marginalized, not just the ones with the biggest, the worst problems, the absolute least, the, the, the absolute worst off, but even those who only have a little bit of problem. The least of these, right? Care not only for the bleeding head wound, <laughs> but for the paper cut too because it all matters. You know, charities often put a lot of effort into how to get help to those who need it most, and it's very good that they do. But personally, I never feel bad if some of the help that I am able to offer, that we are able to offer, goes to those who are less bad off too. And let me tell you why. You know, before I came here to Trinity, I was at a downtown church church in Hutchinson, Kansas. Now, Hutchinson isn't a a huge metropolis, (laughs) but it's got enough of a downtown to have plenty of homeless in it. And so being at that downtown church, we had a lot of walk-in assistance requests. You never knew on a Sunday morning what you might find in the narthex of somebody who's come in off the street and it was a, it it was an experience I know I needed to help uh, fill out my heart. In fact, I could probably use some more of it too. Now, some of those people who came in for it, oh, and we had a fund that people gave to that we used to help uh, the homeless who came by or, or whoever it may be, whether they were homeless or not. Now, some of those assistance requests were truly bad. We could help them a little bit. Like their problems were so big. They were so far behind in their bills uh, that that, that our help, and I'm glad we were able to give them help, but it was just a drop in the bucket, right? Even all the money that we had wouldn't have been able to pay off all of their debt. They were still going to be in trouble even after we helped them, and I'm glad we were able, but all the same, a drop in the bucket, right? But once, a young woman who came in, I'm going to guess... I don't know, maybe early 20s, that's my best guess anyway. And she had severe mental health issues. She was wearing, um, um, I'm not sure if it was a suit, but she was dressed professionally, right? And she came in and like, okay, this is different than a lot of the requests that we get. She was, it turns out she was from a small town and had moved into the city to be closer to mental health services because she suffered from severe mental health issues. She wasn't poor as you would normally think of it, and in fact, she had lined up a job before the move so she could be responsible about the whole thing. But the move had drained her finances, and her new insurance hadn't kicked in yet, and she couldn't afford her med refills. Now, if any of you have ever had uh, medication for mental health before, I know I have. Uh, the, uh, uh, once in my life, I've been on medication for uh, anxiety. Uh, it wasn't even that long ago, it was COVID that taught me I needed it for a while. Uh, and I tapered off of it too quickly and you, you, you go a little crazy. It scrambles your brain a little bit until things, until things even out. And she'd been off her meds for a week. You can't just go cold turkey on this. And you could tell that she was struggling to hold it together just to talk to us, being off of her meds for a week. And it wasn't hard to imagine that that was gonna put her job in jeopardy. And if her job was in jeopardy, then her rent would be soon too. And so we helped her by sending a few hundred dollars to the pharmacy. And it worked. She got back on her feet. No more help was needed. She was fine after that. That's literally all it took. At most charities, she might not have qualified for assistance because she wasn't bad off enough. But if she hadn't gotten those meds, she soon would have been, right? She was probably the least of those that came to our door in need and yet I'm so glad we were able to help her. Now of course we got some repeat customers too, you know what I mean, right? People who are working the system uh, trying to get more help out of it and it's easy to get an attitude about people who work the system like that. But as I reflect on those situations, no I had my moments of anger but as I reflect I'm not sorry we helped them, at least to our cutoff, we had rules that we followed. You know the money helped them a little, but I think the example of kindness, at least kindness up to the boundary that we had set, that example of kindness was worth more than the money was. (laughs) You know, the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. My old building superintendent who taught me to look at the details, to look at the little bits, the small things that you do to show how much you care about the big stuff. You know, we're starting this big project in Lincoln of justice in action and we're trying to take on the big pieces and it's much needed because we've done too little to address these big problems of of, um, uh, of criminal justice and uh, mental health in our community, at least that's what we're doing for the first year, what we're focusing on. We're going to make big suggestions to make a difference for many people Uh, and I'm happy to share the details if you want and it's so very important and we've needed to do this for a long time. We must address the big systemic issues in our society. We must vote as part of the process of healing in the world. We must take action like that. But what about the person at the lunch table who wants to speak but can't get a word in edgewise? It's not a huge injustice but it matters, and it's Jesus. What about the family member whose needs are always minimized next to the squeakier wheels in the family? Ooh, that one hits home in pretty much every family, doesn't it? It matters. What about microaggressions? You know, small comments, assumptions about women's work or about race or whatever it may happen to be micro-aggressions. Each one of them is small. But the way we tend to the small issues shows how much we really care about the big ones. Because the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. Or if you want to put it another way, how about Watch after the pennies and the dollars take care of themselves, only for morality. Or as Jesus says it, whatever you have done for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it for me. Well, next week, as I said, is Palm Sunday and we are gonna shout Hosanna, we are gonna wave palm leaves, we're gonna have our kids will come up, you know, they'll, they'll make a couple laps with the palm leaves, it'll be fantastic and we'll sing Hosanna. As the service goes on, we'll tell the rest of the story of what happened through Holy Week, right up to the table itself when Jesus met with his disciples for the Passover meal and lifted up the cup and the bread and we'll share in it ourselves. And as we go through Holy Week, we will see Jesus hungry. We will see Jesus thirsty on the cross. We will see him as a stranger. We will see him naked, sick, and imprisoned. But in the meantime, he asks us two questions. What are you doing for the big things, the systems that keep people hungry, naked, sick, and imprisoned? If you're not doing anything else, I hope you'll respond on May the 4th when we take action. But in the meantime, what are you doing for the small things, the details, the least of the injustices in your world? From the tip you leave at the restaurant to the kindness you show to the annoying coworker, it matters. And it's Jesus. For whatever you have done to the least of them, that you have done for Jesus. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we give you thanks for the opportunity to help you. Oh God, may we be on the lookout for even the smallest, most easily overlooked of unjust things in our world. May we look for the places that we may help, that we may do good. And may the way we take care of the little things mirror what we are then inspired to do for the big ones. We pray it all in the name of the one who teaches us. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's Sunday Sermon. For more information on growth groups or how to more fully embrace the life of faith, visit us at www.trinitylincoln.org.